Hi, everyone. It's Lee. Before we start with today's episode, I want to acknowledge the passing this week of one of the members of the We Have Cancer community, Cherie Garcia. Cherie was a guest on the show way back in its early stages when it was known as the Colon Cancer Podcast. And if you'd like to go back and listen to my conversation with Cherie, you can do so at wehavecancershow.com forward slash zero two six. I had the pleasure, though it was brief, to meet Cherie at the Colorectal Cancer Alliance Stage 4 Symposium in Mason, Arizona a few years ago. And though it was a brief time together, I'll never forget the smile and brightness in her eyes. But while we all approach our disease and our illness in our own fashion, Cherie was so open on social media and allowed all of us into her world of all that she did and how determined she was to make memories every day for her beautiful daughter and her husband. She was pretty real and pretty raw about the struggles. And what I truly admired was she didn't just follow what she was told to do. She really built and laid out her own path of how she was going to navigate this disease. And I know uh, in my heart that those memories that she created for her daughter and her husband and her friendships that she's made for people who were fortunate to meet her like I was, and even those that she just knew through the digital space, that they would all agree that their world was better for knowing Cherie. May her memory serve as a blessing to her family, her friends, and all who loved her. And here's today's show. Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words. You have cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage four colon cancer. My amazing wife, Linda, has taught me that we have cancer because every one of us is affected by it in some way. Survivors, family, friends, and medical and support team members and we all have a story worth telling. Welcome to We Have Cancer. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Really interesting guest this week. Another first for me where I get to interview a fellow podcaster as part of this podcast. Truett Taylor is a colon cancer survivor And he came up with the idea to expand his reach through podcasting as a way to reach out to uh, share the stories of patient survivors and caregivers, particularly young adults who've been touched by cancer with his 1% podcast. You can find it at 1%podcast.com. Really interesting conversation. Glad that I had the chance to have Truett on the show. And when this episode comes out, I will have personally met Truett because we're going to be connecting at PodFest Multimedia Expo, which took place this past weekend in Orlando, Florida. And I'm recording this prior to that date, but I think it would be a safe bet to say that it was great meeting Truett, even though it hasn't happened yet as of this interview, as of this intro, I should say. But what a pleasure it was to talk to Truett, a fellow cancer survivor and fellow podcaster. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Join me now for that conversation with Truett Taylor. Truett, welcome to the podcast. How are you this evening? 
I'm good, sir. How are you doing? Good, good. So this is great. Not often that I get to repay the favor and get to interview each other. This is a first. And that's all because you decided to jump into the podcast waters too, which is really cool. And we'll get into that in a little bit as to why. But my first question is the 1% podcast. Where did that come from? So the 1% podcast came from me at my lowest moments when I was going through my cancer journey. I would, I remember one moment in particular where the chemo I was on had caused me just a tremendous amount of insomnia. And I had tried sleeping in all three bedrooms in my home and I just could not go to sleep. And it's at that, it's at that moment. And I can think of a couple other moments that I was just down to my final 1%. I felt like, I felt like that was, I was almost on empty and um, being on empty is not a good thing. And there's, there's no way to, to bounce back from that. You know, I think about just as we, when we see our cell phone hit 1%, we race to find a charger. Well, something would always, something or someone would always come into my life when I was at my lowest point, when I was on my 1% to help add value and add more percentage points to me to help get me up and get me moving to where I could think clearly and had some strength and energy. And I kind of refer to him as winks from God in a way like, Hey, you may feel this way, but I'm still in control and I'm going to you know, provide you. It may be at the last moment, but I'm going to provide you with exactly what you need when you need it. And for me, the 1% podcast is where we talk about, you know, those moments during everyone's story. And I feel like if you really look for moments like that, you can find those in everyone's story. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. So what was the motivation to, to start a podcast? Well, I got really into podcasts and there was a couple that really helped me out. I felt like instead of listening mindlessly to the radio, whether I'm working out or just doing work in general that I could pop in a podcast and really learn a lot from. And then I got to searching like myself, like what kind of podcast would be important for me and how, how could I really tell stories that would really help impact people's lives? So I started searching for cancer podcasts and lo and behold, I crossed your podcast and I listened to several of these and I was telling my wife, I was like, Hey, check out this podcast and this guy, listen to what he's doing and listening to how he's, how these people are telling stories and how they're healing a lot through the storytelling process. I was like, I would love to be able to do something similar to this. So, you know, you kind of inspired me to take the leap and then all of the other efforts that come with the, and the work that you don't know behind the scenes that kind of follow when you jump in the podcast pool. I just fell in love with it. And I really, truly believe in the power of storytelling. And I feel like it really helps people process emotions and with mental health being such a main focal point right now and in, in, in all of our communities, I thought the podcast would really help target, you know, young adults who have or are experiencing cancer. And, you know, one question I like to answer through a series of questions on my show is, what is it that you wanted to know when you were diagnosed and how can you, you know, translate that into this interview over the course of a podcast, because you'll be helping people out there who have the same types of questions or concerns that you may have, and you'll be able to provide those answers to people. And, you know, it, it's really just taken off since then. And I'm really excited with the way that it's progressed and, and it continues to grow. How has hosting the 1% podcast helped you? It's made me a better person. And I feel like 
and this is going to say, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say this, but sometimes like you hear about cancer a lot and it kind of freaks you out a little bit because you're like, man, all I do is talk about cancer all day long. But I think when I look past that, especially when it, like I try not to podcast when it comes time for me to have like my PET scans or CT scans because well, I was like, well, so-and-so had a story where this came back and all these other things. And I think that's human nature to think like that, but it's really changed me and made me a better person by allowing me to just connect with so many people across the world and not feel like I was alone too during the whole process because I didn't really have a, a community. I didn't reach out to anyone. I felt a little bit embarrassed to sit in front of a group of people and talk about my feelings and, you know, side effects and all those things that we had. And, you know, now it, it just makes me such a better person to relate to so many people and to give them an opportunity you know, again, to solve a problem that I was having myself when I was going through my treatment. So it's a way it's, it's, I feel like it's legacy work in a way where I'm leaving a legacy of storytelling and again, reaching people all over the world who can really help provide each listener an opportunity to heal and get better and just process through their emotions. And, you know, that processing through your emotions helps everything from your, your work to your marriage to everything. And if I get an opportunity to do that, I feel like it truly makes me a better person. Couldn't agree more. So back up a little bit and tell us, you know, how did you wind up being a member of the cancer club? I was 31 years old, really healthy. I had participated in a lot of amateur kickboxing matches and I was always you know, into sports, athletics, competition, I tried to, you know, watch what I ate. I'm six foot six, about 230 pounds. So I'm not the smallest person in the world. So I always tried to use that to my advantage with playing sports. And I started having some lower abdominal pain and I thought maybe I just got punched or kicked too hard or, or something along the lines. It couldn't have been anything else. And then I started noticing that I was starting going to the restroom a little more frequently. And I started noticing, I never had blood in my stool, but I had some sort of like it almost looked like a, like a mucus or something. And I was like, eh, it can't be normal if ever this is happening every time. So I made an appointment with a GI doctor. I go in and I, he starts pushing around on my stomach and it's really painful in my lower left quadrant. And he's like, well, worst case scenario, you probably have Crohn's disease, which made me freak out because I've never even had a cavity, much less have a disease. And went in, woke up from the colonoscopy and I'll never forget the word. He's like, listen, I couldn't even get my scope past your, this tumor in your colon and I'm 99% sure it's cancer and we'll schedule a biopsy and kind of go from there. And, you know, they tell you that when you're just coming off your, your propofol dose and you're kind of figuring out what's going on and you have all the, the gas in your stomach yeah. and you're like figuring out where you're at. But I heard those words like you might have cancer, you know, and I was like, there's no way I was in denial for a couple of days and then bi biopsy came back and it was it was cancer and they moved me through the process really quick. I had a second opinion, a doctor come in and take a look and he was made 100% certain what the GI doctor saw was cancer. And five days later, I was getting 12 inches of my colon resected and they found that it was in three of the 12 lymph nodes they had taken out as well and started chemo You know, after I got my port about a month later. And then did all the rounds of chemo and I had radiation because of where the tumor was located. It was located about a centimeter away from my rectal area. And so they said just in case they wanted to do radiation as well too. So I did the chemo and radiation and I finished up in February of 2013. 
And how's your health today, Truett? It's phenomenal. Actually, it's, uh, I just had my, all of my tests and scans at the very end of December and everything came back perfectly clear. So I feel wonderful. I fantastic. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I, and I talk to a lot of people who don't have that luxury of saying that sometimes. And, and I try to be really sensitive about that, but I've been given a clear bill of health and I'm just, just grateful for it, to be honest with you. I, that's, it's not always common and I want to be just really humble and grateful about that. So I hear you. How has this experience changed you? It's made me less selfish. I would say the first, the first thing that I've noticed that this changed about me, I was before I was trying to, you know, all my, my goals were all professionally related. I would say moving up in companies and having new responsibilities and trying to make as much money as possible and provide myself with all the things I thought would make me happy. And when you get humbled and broken by cancer and all the things that it causes to you, when you think you're, they say six foot tall and bulletproof, which, you know, I thought I was for so, for so long, when you get humbled and broken in that way, it really, if you allow it to, it shakes off all the negativity and all the things that really are stealing your attention away from following what your purpose is in life. And it really did that to me. And it made me reevaluate all of my relationships. You know, I, I changed, I got out of a, of a serious relationship and, you know, really started thinking about who I wanted to be around, how much they affected me, what kind of son I was, what kind of husband I wanted to be, what kind of brother I wanted to be, what kind of leader, coworker. It just really made me reevaluate all of my relationships. And, and then I would say it made me live more of an intentional life. Every moment, when you when you think about every moment that we have, we, we tend to waste a lot of moments on binge watching Netflix and doing things that aren't really that important. And so from, from my health to everything that I do, I want to be intentional about everything I say and do to really impact the most people I possibly can and just fulfill my purpose every day because there's no greater peace than pursuing your purpose every day. Amen. Absolutely. Be sure to stick around to the end of this episode to learn how you can get your rear in gear. So how many interviews have you conducted so far with your podcast? So I just launched the 35th episode today and I've got about eight more in the pipe once I get them edited up and dropped in. So I've got about eight more episodes, which I do two a week. So it gives me about another month's worth of content, but I'm always steadily trying to book at least two to three people a week because you never know how that goes. So, of course, so you've done around 40 podcasts at this point, and I'm sure they've all been impactful, you know, with inspiring messages in different ways. Is there one that jumps out at you that just has really stuck with you at this point? I think there's a couple of moments from, a few different episodes, sometimes a, a very simple one-liner will just wreck me for a few days and make me think about things. And there's an episode I have coming out pretty soon with a lady named Jen Taylor, and she had sarcoma cancer actually on her, on her face, and they had to remove a quarter of her face, her jaw, her, all of her teeth. Like, and she told me, and it, it's, and you've heard, we've all heard this before, and she's a young girl and has to live her life with 
you know, some sort of facial deformity, I would say. And they're, they're trying to correct all of that. But she said, sometimes things just don't work out like you want them to, which is so simple. And, you know, if it can apply that to your job, to your family, to your health. And it's just like being okay with things not working out sometimes. And that's something that recently that's, that's stuck with me. One of our mutual friends, Sarah DeBoard, I've talked to her recently and her attitude that, I mean, she's to me like one of the most, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe her. She's such an amazing human being. She is. And I know it's not easy having her situation, but to me like that, I just hope one day I can be that great of a human. So I, I meet a lot of people. There's, there's another lady named Cherie who, you know, cancer doesn't always hit you when you're having the best part of your life. She was, she just found out her husband was having an affair and, and all these other things. And her mother just died of cancer. And then she found out that she had cancer as well too, like all within a, like a month and just the, her attitude. And so I, I really admire the attitude that I get from a lot of people. Like to go back to Sarah, like she, you know, she's been on chemo for seven years and she probably lives a more full life than most of the people that we know just because she chooses to have that attitude each day. And that is so powerful and inspiring to me because there's only two things you have really have a choice of, and it's what you put in your mouth and what you put in your head. And if you choose to put positive things, you know, listen to positive things like, you know, our podcasts and stuff, I think it really changes your mindset and allows you to attack life with a stronger fist. I would say each day, a lot more strength. And you just realize there's so much, there's so much grace and mercy out there. And we need to have that for other people. And with the media in the world trying to divide us at every waking opinion that you may have, you know, we get to talk about something that unites us in the cancer community and cancer is not a, it's depressing. No one wants to talk about it, but we get an opportunity to unite people. And that's one thing after talking to so many people, I feel so united with such a large group of people and it just, you know, I bring them into the community and they bring me into their community and just, it's just a, synergistic thing. I just absolutely am in love with it. You know, someone once asked me, how do I view myself in this whole thing? And without a pause, I said that I'm a messenger, that I'm sharing the message of others. But what I've since learned, and you're echoing now, is I'm also, by doing this, I'm also being inspired. I thought that doing this that I would be the conduit to inspire others out there to provide hope for everybody else. But as you're sharing, aren't you finding that you're getting a little side benefit from this and, you know, getting motivation and inspiration ourselves by hosting podcasts? Yeah. You can't be around the people that we talk to and not have it rub off on you. And you think about the service we're providing for other people. We're providing that same service. So what we're feeling from talking to all the people and interviewing these wonderful human beings, like we're providing that for so many people out there as well. So we're like the vessel in a way, you know, it comes through us and spreads out to other people. And I think there's a huge responsibility in that. And, you know, when it's 1230 and you have to go to get up and go to work tomorrow and you're trying to finish up your podcast or edit this and that, and get it just right and market it and all those things. That's something that I think about. And I really love the fact that we meet people where they are. We interview so many different people that are going through different parts of the life cycle. And it's when some people, when they, when you find out they have cancer, not everybody knows what to say, but when someone says, well, let me know what I can do to help. I mean, 
thank you for saying that. That's great. But when you get down in the trenches with me and you say, Hey, I'm right here. We're going to attack this together, which, you know, the name of your show is we have cancer. You get right kneecap to kneecap with the person and walk through it with them. And there is no greater thing than to, to really take on someone else's burden. And I know we do it through media and through listening, but you know, we're right there with these people as they go through the, their journey and, you know, the, the emails that we get and the comments and compliments and stuff, you know, it's a, it's a very selfless thing that we do and it's such a powerful tool. And, you know, I'm so glad that, you know, there's, there's people, you know, again, like you that inspire me to do this from the very beginning. I appreciate that. Thank you. You touched on it a little bit, but do you ever find yourself, have you gotten to the point where you just need to take a little bit of a cancer break, a break from, you know, all, you know, being so immersed in cancer. I do. And I get so emotionally involved with each person, I think, because their story will impact me for several hours after we record. And those days where you record three, four or five episodes and you're just emotionally drained afterwards. And it's not because you get tired of listening to someone or, you know, someone's like, it's like a chore to listen to someone's story, but it's, I mean, when you're so compassionate and you just truly care about every person that you're speaking with, you're giving yourself away to them as you're interviewing. And, you know, eventually you're, you're, you're decreasing who you are, you know, or your capabilities as you continue to give yourself away. So just taking a chance to kind of, you know, put some, better knowledge, you know, leaders, the some of the best leaders are consumers. So, you know, I'm dishing out a bunch of content, but I need to go refill my brain and my heart with more content for myself to really, you know, consume that information so I can deliver a great product and to deliver a great interview when I, when I do feel fatigue and hopefully I've been able to do that for the most of the episodes I've put out. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have. I'm pretty sure you have. <laughs> What's been the biggest challenge undertaking this whole endeavor? So if you want to have a successful podcast, it becomes a part-time job at the minimum, I would oh, say. Yeah. And <laughs> and I started a new business. So I, I left the corporate world in 2017, actually in May of 2017, I decided to leave my 10-year career in education, director of admissions for a couple of different colleges over the over 10-year span and here in Atlanta. And I just felt led to start my own business. So I went completely 180 and I started a custom furniture business where I started out of my garage where I, uh, I'd always had it as a hobby, but I decided I wanted to turn it into a career. Well, I thought I did at first. I was still always had one foot in the door. And when I finally decided to go all in, in August of 2017, you know, being an entrepreneur and, you know, going from a consistent you know, good salary every two weeks to you're only going to get paid whenever you make your own money in a way. It's very, very different lifestyle, but it's, it's, it's done nothing but grow me in, in a lot of ways. So for me, it's the balance of almost running two businesses in a way, two brand new businesses that I didn't know a tremendous amount about before. But, you know, once you spend a lot of hours doing something, it, it you fall in love with it. I don't feel like I'm working. I and I always tell everyone if if God calls you to do something, He's going to give you the energy and strength to do it. So all you got to do is just keep moving forward, and the, everything will come in due time. As you look ahead, where do you hope you are with this whole project? 
say a few years down the road? What, what's your vision? My big, crazy, only God can make it happen dream would be to have, you know, my podcast a part of the treatment process with cancer patients, whether it's in the chemo room, whether it's a part of like welcome packets, you know, I want people to know that there's a resource out there. And there's a lot of nonprofits out there that do something similar. And I've spoken to people who run those nonprofits before, but there's still not enough awareness of what we do. And I would just love people to have the opportunity to to plug into a podcast and find someone that connects with them and really help that person walk them through, you know, their journey as they, as they battle cancer. And, you know, I want to be the, you know, the one of the primary sources of people, of a person's healing through storytelling. And just, you know, if you're like me being a man, it's kind of harder to to share your feelings and stuff, but no one knows what I'm listening to. And I could just be processing a lot of emotions. If I've got my headset in, listen to a podcast while I'm getting chemo or on the way home or, or when I'm having my insomnia moments or worse times. But I just really hope the podcast becomes a staple and, or even just like a, a very hard mention in the whole process of, you know, healing and dealing with side effects. You know, the podcast isn't going to cure anyone from cancer, but it can change your mindset as you go through difficult times, which can help your body, you know, respond better to treatment and ultimately like, you know, respond better after you finish your treatment because you're kind of left to yourself after, you know, after the chemo is done and you get a clear scan, it's like, okay, great. Well, good luck trying to figure life out afterwards. And you have all this almost PTSD. And for me, I couldn't laugh or smile for a couple of months afterwards. And I didn't feel like being around anyone. And my body healed faster physically than it did emotionally. And I, I didn't know that I needed someone or something to help pull me through the emotional side of everything. And so that's what I want the podcast to be able to do. Fantastic goal. I'm right there with you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because you're right, you know, there's, there's some support groups out there, but you know, it's on someone else's schedule to your point. And you and I talked about this on your show, you know, a lot of guys don't want to sit around in a circle and talk about their feelings. So there's an element of privacy here. And yeah, so I don't know if I would go so far as to say only God can make that happen. I think you can make that happen. (laughs) I'll do my part. I think you can make, okay. (laughs) I'm convinced. So true it. People listening to the show are interested in being on your show. What's the best way for them to make that happen? I love getting those emails. Some people I think can feel a little awkward wanting to be on a show. And, you know, my advice out there is do not feel awkward. I'm super easy to talk to, as you can probably tell. I'm very laid back, Southern accent kind of guy. Like I'm just very calm. Send me an email. Email me at info at 1percentpodcast.com. Give me a, a Cliff Notes version of your story. And more importantly, tell me why you want to tell your story. Is it to create more awareness for a certain group or a certain type of cancer? Is it to help you through the process? Is it to you know, help raise funds for research for something similar? Like, What is it that you're trying to do? Because storytelling is great, but I like to know the, the motive behind why you're doing that because I can really get behind someone and really help push them out there that feels like they're just meant to share their story and tell it for a specific reason. 
Great. And if people want to find your show or connect with you on social media, how can they do that? So all of my handles are at 1% Podcasts, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. Communicate mostly probably through the Instagram page. I do have a Facebook group called the 1% Podcast as well, where I share a lot of articles so people can read into a lot of different articles that I see you know, from other cancer groups, I'll try to get it specifically to my community. But honestly, email or Instagram is probably the two best things, two best ways to reach out to me. Great. So I'll be sure to include the email and the links to your site, as well as your social media links in the show notes of this episode. My listeners can find it at wehavecancershow.com and they'll have all the information to be able to reach out to you. But Truett, thank you so much for giving me a piece of your evening this evening. I'm so thrilled to not be alone in the cancer podcast pool anymore because there's plenty of room. Unfortunately, you know, people say, what's your long-term goal with the podcast? And I say not to have one. Right. <laughs> because you stop and think about that, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be, you know, you talk about God's hand, wouldn't that be something that yeah. we wouldn't have to do this? So I don't know if that's going to happen in our lifetime. Doesn't mean it's not something we can't wish, hope and pray for. Yeah. But, but thank you for jumping in and for the amazing work that you're doing to inspire others to share their stories. I wish you continued success with this amazing project that you've undertaken. And most importantly, continued good health to you. Thank you. I appreciate you for taking the time to create a blueprint. That's, that's not an easy thing to do. And everything that you've done so far it is, has really impacted me and I really appreciate you. Be well, my friend. Thank you. Colon Cancer Coalition has a number of exciting events taking place across the country. Coming up on March 23rd for our NBA basketball fans, fans of the Portland Trailblazers, they are having Colon Cancer Awareness Night during their game against the Detroit Pistons, again on Saturday, March 23rd. Coming up on Sunday, March 24th in Philadelphia at the Memorial Hall, Please Touch Museum is the Get Your Rear and Gear 4-Mile Run, 2-Mile Walk, and Kids Fun Run. On March 27th, that is a Wednesday night for our friends in Duluth, Minnesota, is Beers for Rears, a community fundraising benefiting the Colon Cancer Coalition. That's taking place at Bent Paddle Brewing Company Tap Room in Duluth, Minnesota. On Saturday, March 30th, is the Get Your Rear and Gear event taking place at two locations in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina at Independence Park and Asheville, North Carolina at Carrier Park Shelter. And on Sunday, March 31st, is a virtual run-walk event for our friends in Baton Rouge. And really, anywhere you want to be, do a 5K on your own time and in your own way between now and March 31st. Share the information online, and this is a great opportunity to fundraise for the Colon Cancer Coalition in your own community. Also on March 31st is the Jeepers Against Colon Cancer event for our friends in Export, Pennsylvania. This is taking place at Rick's Sports Bar and Grill on William Penn Highway. For information on these and all of the other Colon Cancer Coalition events coming up, visit the Colon Cancer Coalition website at coloncancercoalition.org forward slash events. Thank you for listening to We Have Cancer, and thank you to our sponsor, the Colon Cancer Coalition, for your support. You can subscribe to We Have Cancer by visiting Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcast, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify. And you can find us on social media by visiting our Facebook page at We Have Cancer Show and at We Have Cancer Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We Have Cancer is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.